This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. PHNX Sun Devils post-game show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You can download using that code PHNX that just $1 on any NFL game this week and get $100 in free bets if either team scores at least one point. I'm joined, as always, by Brittany after a disappointing showing by the Sun Devils. Brittany, how are you feeling? Uh, that's a really, really, really tough question because, uh, you know, you see during the fourth quarter, I was about to rip my TV out of the wall and just Hulk smash it into pieces on the ground out of pure frustration. So, um, I am very irritated and very disappointed and very sad. And also I have a little bit of the battered fan syndrome thing going on from past losses and kind of like Jacob hit on. With that 2014 year, Will, I feel your pain. He says, oh, yeah, I get that. Will, I'm right there with you. But, yeah, you know, like Jacob hit on. Oh, I'll keep going. Sorry. Like he hit on with that 2014 year, you know, there was a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean. There was just just a lot of weird stuff. Right right when you think this team's going to be different, it's not. um, And it hurts uh, really bad. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I have an abusive ex-girlfriend um, that uh, keeps uh, gaslighting me. Um, and that's what the <laughs> Sun Devils are doing to me right now. Um, it really hurts. Uh, I, I drank last night. I, I'm not really in the mood to drink right now, but uh, I got to make the pain go away somehow. Always a letdown all the time. Jacob Franklin. Yeah. Dude, it Jacob, is. you totally hit the nail on the head with what you were saying yesterday with it being very similar to the 2014 season. And after this loss to Utah, the fact that Arizona State has to go on the road, end the season in Corvallis, and then come back and face U of A. Don't like that. I don't like that at all one bit. Um, and I really don't like the fact that Arizona State seemed to just absolutely resort to throwing everything out the window that's been working for them and just shooting themselves in the foot with stuff. So I'm not really 100% sure what they were doing. Um, there were a lot of questionable things. Um, the officiating was shitty. It was absolutely shitty in this game. And that's not to say that was the difference for Arizona State being a make it or break it thing. But it was one of those things that just adds on to like, what in the hell am I watching right now? Um, like, this is an absolute joke. So th- there's just so much that goes into, um, you know, Arizona State and the Pac-12 conference overall and how people take uh, the teams that try to be a front runner seriously because none of them ever really end up looking that great because of how the, the things shake out. Yeah, well, let's let's just get into the numbers first. Um, 
rushing on the ground. ASU had 148 total. Utah was able to run for 208 yards on this ASU defense. Uh, passing yards, ASU had 237. Uh, Utah had 247. Um, but the difference was key moments. Uh, it, it was yeah. big plays on third and longs. Uh, that that really hurt this Devils team both ways, and the thing that the thing that I was getting so frustrated about was, I mean, what was working in that first half was ASU was able to have their way on first down. They'd pick up six, yeah. seven, or even get a first down, and then they started making it hard on themselves. and And I think it was a little unfair um, of the of the commentators to blame receivers dropping the ball. Um, there were some bad drops for sure, but. Don't get into mm-hmm. that third and three. Don't get into the the third and eight, uh, and and rely on a slant across the middle. It, it 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 just seemed like for whatever reason ASU decided to go away from the passing uh, game on early downs, and in that second yeah. half they were just so content with sticking to the run, um, and Utah wasn't having and- it. It wasn't working for them. I mean, in the first half of the game, the run was working for them, but they were also mixing it up more with the passing game. And like you said, they were playing more aggressive. They weren't so scared to throw the ball down the field. And you you saw the receivers that were making plays, but there were a lot of drops tonight, uncharacteristic drops. Um, I felt like they targeted Andre Johnson a little bit more than I was anticipating that they would. Um, But, you know, they are trying to spread the love and get stuff going everywhere and not necessarily have it. Um, be one player in particular, you know, someone who I was surprised that had quite a few drops on their targets was Conyers. He's a player who is a tight end who transferred from Oklahoma, but that is the prime reason I'm sure he was not playing at Oklahoma and hit the transfer portal was because of his ability to reel in the catch, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he Conyers had a huge, huge drop at the end of that game. Um, mm-hmm. on that third down and, and it, it was just unopportunistic drops that really hurt this team. Uh, the the one that I was not okay with, uh, the public and the announcers especially getting mad at was the Andre Drop Johnson, the beautiful deep ball that was thrown to him. Um, that that's a hard adjustment that he had to make. That, yeah, that, that was a tough and, grab. And he got like contorted and twisted after that. And the announcers were all over him. I'm like, yeah, you got to help Jaden out a little bit. And yeah, it was a great ball, but I mean, come on, that's it's a it's an adjustment over the shoulder. There, he's a college kid. He's not a he's not in the NFL. But man, it, yeah. it, was, it was inopportunistic after inter- inopportunistic. Devils couldn't capitalize, and um, they got they got ASU'd in the second half. They didn't score a point. They really <laughs> did. Well, what's the most absolute frustrating? This thing just keeps moving on me. So sorry if my sound's a little bit off. I'm trying to like hold it and talk, and then it pivots. But anyways, um, something that's the most frustrating about this AS team, ASU team to me is that uh, everything that they seem to have done in the last. Uh, three weeks, especially the last two weeks since UCLA and then Stanford, it's almost like it was for nothing because then they go out against Utah and they absolutely shit the bed and look terrible. There was seemingly no second half adjustments made that actually helped them improve that whatever second half adjustments they made hindered them from any sort of progress. Uh, We saw that they decided they were going to just start attacking the run game more and that was not working. Um, yeah, I, I was not a fan of this game for a number of reasons. I'm sure a lot of people weren't, but, you know, um, I think it kind of comes down to uh, this is a segment I want to do, and it's called The Devils Are in the Details because the devil in the detail could be what propels you forward, but it also can be what holds you back. And so the devils in the details tonight were uh, what held them back, and it happens to be the same thing that haunts them and has plagued them all year, things we thought they had moved away from, most specifically the penalties. And the issues with the offensive line, I was really, really surprised, Shane. We've talked about how they've been practicing with sound. 
for weeks, especially since BYU. That was something that they didn't do before that. And then they go up on the road to Utah, and I don't want to say that they looked scared. They didn't necessarily look scared. They definitely looked like they were there to play, but they just didn't look like they were playing to their full potential or as aggressively as they could have. And, um, you know, then you see, yeah, also third down defense was terrible, but also um, offensively, the offensive line could not get things going. And they've been working on using a silent snap count, and it didn't seem like it mattered. You had Kellen Deesh, who was called with at least three holds in that game. Um, you know, there was a ton of penalties that also came back to shoot the Sun Devils in the in the foot in the long run. And so, like we said after the BYU game, we had a feeling that that was not going to be the final game of the season where Arizona State would ultimately end up costing themselves the game due to penalties. So, yeah, you know, are you really surprised? State. Just happened to be in the same state. Um, I yeah. do want to bring up a comment I saw earlier. Um, Issaquan said, got to give credit to Utah, um, but Herm uh, – must have given the worst halftime speech of all time. Utah, for what it's worth, Utah played their asses off. They came out with they their did. hair on fire. Um, a and lot we knew they were going to. Yeah, I mean. We, it, they had a uh, lot to play for in this game. And, and they really, truly did play with passion and not emotion. And I think that the key um, for them to do that was Aaron Lowe's mom. Like they said, she gave them permission to go and enjoy football mm-hmm. again and just have fun and enjoy being out there. And that was what they did. So not only did they win the game for their uh, late teammates, but they had a great time doing it and they looked good doing it too. Quite honestly, they made Arizona state who was the front runner at that point to uh, win the PAC 12 South. If they had won that game, they made them look like a joke. So well, yeah. Uh, Jacob asked if uh, Chase Lucas even helps. I mean, the the problem, the bi- the biggest problem wasn't in the secondary. I can tell you that tonight. The, no, the, there there were some missed uh, missed opportunities in the secondary, but for the most part, I think that the corners and the um, and the safeties held up well. Uh, just defensive backs in general, I thought played an okay game. But the thing that was killing them, it's it's the same thing that was killing them on offense. Is it's the early down yard game. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that in that second half, they were having their way on first down. They'd pick up six or seven, and then the playbook is wide open. And when yep. the playbook is wide open, it makes everybody on the defense look bad. There was a lot of missed tackles also in that game. There, there were a ton. What my one of my biggest turning turning points was um, after that missed field goal. Uh, game still tied. Tyler Johnson had a chance to bring down. Um, What's his face? Uh, blanking on his name. Uh, uh, the Conyers? No, not Conyers. I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, obviously, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name either, even though uh, anyway, they just said it so many times. But yeah, I have him so many. I, I wrote so many things about him. Anyway, um, he he had a chance to bring him down, and uh, Tyler Johnson pushed him and said he stumbled um and then he gained six yards rising camera rising thank you so much um and, and he said he stumbled picked up six yards uh and that could have been a second and like 18 he was so far uh back uh so i thought that was a huge turning point and and that goes with a lot of plays i mean the first contacts i mean their running backs were great tonight their uh their offensive line had some huge holes but the first contact uh you got to make that tackle uh wherever it is if it's a quarterback if it's a receiver if it's a running back mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just it's it's um it's unfortunate but i thought i thought rising had a really good game um he played really inspired every time he'd get out of the pocket he was looking to head hunt and go at somebody he reminded me a lot of uh, Jaden daniels that has uh has, has some more weight to him uh he 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 played a really good game he he surprised me he did and i mean that's the thing it's not like you can even just get mad at Arizona state for um, losing this game. Cause you also have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Utah did come out and play a really tough game, but like we said, we anticipated that that's what it was going to be, but it's just so incredibly frustrating because a lot of this Arizona state still should have beat 
Utah. On paper, when you look at everything, you compare everything across the board, Arizona State is the stronger team, the better team, the more well-coached team, but they are the team that is not able to execute ever. Um, or I shouldn't say ever, but that, that struggles to execute consistently. They, str- they, struggle, they, they struggle to capitalize for sure. Um, now Herm's relatively good. They brought up that stat, which fuck them for bringing up that stat. He's, I think, 15-1, and one, uh, his record at ASU when they're leading at halftime. Um, and I knew as soon as they brought that up, uh, things were going to go bad. Uh, so now he's 15-2, and two, I believe. But this team just doesn't seem to – I mean, that's just kind of Herm in general. Uh, you have a team dead – uh, and or you have a team dying on the ground, you don't step on their throat. Uh, they just can't do that for whatever reason, which doesn't make sense because they have an incredible run game uh, on the offensive end and should be able to stop uh, big chunk plays because they still haven't allowed a, a play over 40 yards this year. Uh, so so it doesn't really make sense on paper that they that they can't run away with games. I don't know if it's a scheming mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if it's a game planning thing. I don't know if it's what Herman envisions is like I, I, the way he wants to keep games close, but. It just seems like the devil's team can never, you're starting ever pull to go in and out a little do. bit. Your internet's going in and out again, bud. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where it is really frustrating. And another, I also was not necessarily sure what Herm Edwards was doing all the time with uh, his clock management. Like they, they, Utah scored a touchdown and then Herm Edwards calls a timeout before a kick. And it's like, okay, are you trying to ice the kicker on an extra point attempt? Like what, what, what was the, the logic behind that? And it, it's not like it ended up being something where Arizona state needed the timeouts in the end, but you never know how the game could have come like played out uh, with the way everything ended up playing out that tonight. So um, it, it's another thing where you're wondering what they're doing there. You're wondering what they were thinking in terms of uh, their halftime adjustments, what was said. Um, I mean, I, I really I really don't understand the mentality of how that team just went out there and absolutely disintegrated. Yeah. It, oh, okay. So it was because there was 12 men on the field for the extra qu- Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that ASU is losing this game. But man, Covey, the that little tiny white receiver that Utah has, I oh hate the one who flexed guts. on them. I hate his guts, man. He, he he's a guy you'd love to have on your team, but holy hell, um, just bitching. Oh my god, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm sure if if uh, ASU wins this game, I have no problem with it. But man, that was getting on my nerves. He's a great player. He plays hard, so all, all respect to him. But well. It's just this just this game was just frustrating to watch all in all as a whole. Um, there were a lot of flags. It didn't seem like Arizona State could seem to do anything right. You know, there also was that one flag on the punt that was bobbled and then Trainum dove in for the tackle, mm-hmm. even though it didn't really he called a fair catch. But then you don't really know what to do. And so then they're saying that the officials weren't right. Then they were right. And then it was a flag on both sides. So both teams got called and. I just felt like there were so many weird things and and it was hard to keep up with it. And then, you know, Utah had a lot of really low tackles and then they called the, the, the penalty on Anthony Cooper for getting Tyson rising with a low tackle. And so it's just like, Cameron rising, it's almost yeah. like Arizona state or yeah. Is it, Cam- I don't know why yeah. I want to say Tyson rising, Tyson <laughs> um, rising, Cam rising. Yeah, speak, speaking I make of, up people's names on my own. Speaking of Anthony Cooper and Cameron rising for that matter. Um, the first drive, um, and then this goes to capitalizing. They had a chance to get Utah three and out. Anthony Cooper was able to beat the tackle and get to rising pretty easily, but he wasn't able to bring him down. Cam Rising escaped, and that was the tone of the game. 
Um, and obviously they continue that drive and end up scoring. But it, I mean, that, that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. The, the yeah. AC couldn't capitalize on, on not even mistakes, just couldn't capitalize on them themselves, like getting into a place where they could take advantage of it. And, um, and I mean, that, that killed them. It really did. And I mean, it's not like they weren't out there making some plays in itself, you know, going back to the whole, the devils are in the details thing. You look at the one really big reception made where LV Bunkley Shelton used his wrist to pivot and, and get that momentum going and keep the yard, keep the play driving down the field. Same thing with Curtis Hodges. He was able to spin out of that one really big reception there yeah. and get down. Um, Jaden Daniels had a couple plays like that where he was able to spin out and keep running, but um, overall, it's just like the offensive uh, flair and the offensive pizzazz, that spice, that jazz, whatever's been making it extra special in the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. was lacking. They were not uh, incredibly aggressive. And Utah pulled some shit out of their own playbook and threw it back in their face, and the defense couldn't even defend it. Yeah, there there was a the only like egregious non-call in the game for me was on that trick play where Covey was supposed to throw it. Mm -hmm. um, and he ended up running. Um, I thought there was a block in the back that was thrown. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious, actually. Um, and he was able to obviously gain like 20 yards. Um, yeah. So that, that one hurt. Uh, but yeah, they got creative with the play calling, which means they're confident. And that goes, again, with picking up five and six every time on first down. You can get those yards whenever you want. So you can be as creative as you want. Um, and that's and really you knew hurt. And you knew they were going to be confident coming into this game. Like we talked about, we hit on the show yesterday because we didn't know this uh, when we were talking earlier that it was the first win that Utah had had at USC since 1916. So uh, the first win in 105 years for your program on the road, you're obviously going to be extra hyped. You have all the outside emotion and everything uh, that has to do with your teammates and, and, and the passing. It, it just was a perfect storm for Utah. And they were able to channel the energy perfectly and really capitalize on what they wanted. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, uh, William brings it up. The DPI uh, that they called, the play after that, I thought it was uncatchable as well, and then I went back and watched it, and I think I had my ASU goggles on because it, it, was, in the, it, it was out of bounds, but I still think it's technically catchable. Um, so I let that one slide. I yelled to myself a little bit, and then I rewatched it, and I was like, eh, it's okay. Um, and no, I don't think uh, there was any injuries to Daniels. I'm worried about the Rashad White uh, thing. It seems like yeah. it could be a nagging leg thing because he – he came out of the game, went to the tent, came back in the game, came out, went to the locker room, and then came back for the last drive of that second half. I wish, or of the first half, I wish there was no halftime. Uh, if there's no halftime, ASU has momentum that they can just keep, but the halftime kind of reset both teams. It and did. That's usually where ASU can 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 turn the corner, but. Um, maybe, maybe but it honestly, they them, kind but... of needed that halftime. I mean, I know they had just gotten that interception right before the half, mm -hmm. but I mean, without that, there was still a lot of momentum that was also uh, going towards Utah's way. Uh, you know, they still weren't, they weren't having the hottest start, but they weren't ice cold either, you know? So it was just one of those things. I mean, I, I really don't know what they talked about at the half. I don't know what the thought process was. I'm interested. I'm interested to find out what was said in the locker room at halftime, what some of those adjustments were, what the thought process was in terms of trying to run the ball more, especially when you know Rashad White's leg is messed up, which talking about that because you did bring it up a little bit earlier. Um, I, I'm almost wondering if that was something that was maybe pre-existing before the game, something that was bothering him a little bit before he ended up getting up there. Um, and, and then we saw it start bothering him again in, in the game when it got a little irritated. So I don't know, man, y you have to be at this point, this is the other thing that's not necessarily the greatest. They're going into a bye this week. Um, yeah. if you're Arizona state, you really would have wanted to go into this bye week 
with a win. That would have put you at 6-1. and one. It would have been 4-0 and oh to start conference play for the first time since 2007. Um, but, of, of course, you're not there now. So it's a completely different aspect, a completely different mental state. And everything the Devils do from here on out is going to be that much more in terms of where they end up finishing this season. Yeah, uh, Jacob, and, brought, brought yeah this, I, <laughs> Jacob brought up this point earlier. Um, let's talk a little bright side. Uh, they do still have to play Oregon State. They do still have to play UCLA, and they do still have to play Oregon. Um, yes. Those are three games that I, they can easily drop. I mean, they're hot right now. I don't expect mm-hmm. them to lose um, two or three, but, I mean, you never know. Uh, they drop one, and all it takes is some crazy uh, game later down in the year. But, I mean, there's a lot of football to be played. It's not It's not the end of the world. Uh, it, it's disappointing, but at the end of the day uh, – a game like this i'd rather just get blown out Um, it's not the end of the world no you're right it's not the end of the world but this does uh like we said make this uh the rest of the season that much more important it makes every single play in every other game that much more important because every other game now becomes that much more essential as a must-win game and you know every game is technically a must-win game but you know once you have two losses and you're at that midway point in the season you know Looking at your schedule, you realistically know you're probably going to face one more if you're Arizona State. Um, it's not necessarily clear which one that might be, um, but you know you really can't afford to lose more than that. And if you're Herm Edwards, you really don't want to, especially with all of the outside noise that's going on with the NCAA investigation. That's just stuff you want to avoid and be able to really be put in the rearview mirror and and not have to worry about it. So um, uh, there's just so much right now, you know. Yeah. Like I said, it makes everything that much more important. There's there's so much going on with the AAC football program, but there's also so much more going on with AAC football and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can bet a lot of things, props, Mm -hmm. uh, over-unders, win totals earlier in the season. You can also bet on the uh, ASU basketball team, which is coming up soon in November. Um, So if you want to get in on that action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. Um, you can get, bet just one dollar on any NFL game this week, which we got a hell of a slate of NFL games tomorrow. I'm stoked for that. There's some really good games. It's like the first week where I'm like, finally, like the, the, there's almost no bad games. Yeah, um, I so just if you want to open a white claw for my fridge, and the only one I grab is a lemon one. Yuck! Sorry. <laughs> so if you if if you wanna if you wanna bet on some NFL tomorrow, you can bet just one dollar uh, if you download the app and use code PHNX on any NFL game. You get a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. The last zero zero tie in the NFL was in nineteen forty three, um, so I'd say it's pretty much a no brainer. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a fun time over there at uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, so download that now. Use like the promo code PHNX. Get your hundred dollars in free bets. 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details thanks William I, I usually have better transitions um I, I I'm, I'm trying to think of one uh for our next sponsor but I think Britt will probably just take it away now yeah you know um <laughs> if you want to mow down your hair like the youths mowed down the Sun Devils, okay, get manscaped. Okay. I'll drink to that. They just plowed right through them like it was nothing. And oh. it can do that to your hair. And some hair can be stubborn. Shane, I'm sure you know how prickly some hair can be. Super thick. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it I, has a hard time with some razors. 
Not with Manscaped. There, there's a, uh, there, there, I mean, like, yeah, I'm sad and I'm pouting like this, but there's also a reason why I'm feeling my face is because that lawnmower 4.0. It um, has you feeling yourself? Ooh, that can be creepy. I, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. I didn't think that one pulled not with this away. My bad. Um, Sorry. Yes, the lawnmower 4.0 is goaded. Um, they also have a bunch of other things that you can get um, at manscaped.com. So you can go over to their site at manscaped.com, use that promo code PHNX, get your um, 20, 20% off and free shipping on their products like the Weed Whacker, the Lawnmower 4.0. As we mentioned, they got nice body wash. Their boxers are breathable, um, which I need right now because I'm getting a little sweaty. I always get really sweaty when we lose um, and we have to talk about it. It's also um, I, it's also because I have to turn my fan off. Um, yeah, the, these are... Uh, yeah, the, these post game shows, oh, the post game loss shows always go by fast. I don't know what it is. I, I think get it's because hot of because I have to put my light right here because I have the fan in my room is absolutely terrible and the light looks like I'm in a dungeon still. <laughs> Almost as bad as last week, but not quite so bad. It's just really terrible, super shadowy. But this thing puts out so much heat. Like I just raise my hand a little bit closer towards it and I can just feel it like it's at least a good five degrees hotter just mm -hmm. three feet away from me yeah so yeah I'd, i feel that i feel what, that sweatiness what type, what type of light do you have that's that hot i don't know some big production light i bought on amazon <laughs> i'm just using a <laughs> ring light and i think it does me well contouring my skin looking all great okay let's talk i don't football. have one let's talk uh let's talk some good as hard as it's going to be let's talk some good because we do talk bad when uh, asu does asu wins so let's talk some good for a little bit and then we can get back on trash and the devils um what are some things that were encouraging for you, Britt? I got a couple of things. Um, well, thing that were encouraging for me was in the first half, uh, ASU looked aggressive in their offensive play calling. I felt like that was good. You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised with how well they were able to run the ball against the Utah defense to start things out. Um, I thought it was good. Some of the catches that were able to be made, uh, especially by the tight ends tonight. I did mention Conyers missed a couple, but really Curtis Hodges specifically, I think he has really stepped up and evolved into his own. I think that this season has been a great season oh, for yeah. him at the halfway point. I think that you can't argue um, that you would have wanted to have seen more from him at this point. I think he's had by far one of the biggest developments as a person on the team um, along right up there with Ricky Pearsall. I think Pearsall looked great tonight. I would have liked to have seen him be targeted a little bit more. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a saving grace for uh, Arizona State there on one of those really big third down plays. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you with the Ngata William. Um, I like to see the spark, but I mean, chip didn't play as great as he normally does. Um, and it, it was just a little weird, um, in the game in general, but Ngata's so young and people have to remember that these two, these two guys, I mean, chip's young too, but Rashad white and chip take up so much of the run game because of how good they are. Um, and, I mean, in that first half, the, the, the holes were developing Even in the second half. I mean, the, the offensive line, despite the penalties, was really good on the ground. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Confident play calling in that first drive, mostly the first half. Very, very confident. That's yeah. the word that I can kind of encapsulate the whole offensive play calling in that first half was confidence. Um, they, they knew what they can get, uh, and, and they were willing to take risk. And that kind of just went away in the second half. Um, and Jaden yeah. Dan Daniels looked incredible. Um most of the game, he looked really good. Um, there were a couple decision-making things, but, I mean, he was also just trying to do it all. Um, he threw a great pass to Curtis Hodges in that first half. He threw a couple of really good passes to Curtis Hodges. But there was that one strike, Curtis Hodges, to pick up that uh, long, I think, second and 20 after mm -hmm. they accepted the holding call, which is a little weird to me because it would have been like third and eight or something. Um, but I, in that first half, they were just playing inspired. Uh, and, 
and confident. I mean, I keep going back to that word, but it, it was confident. And, and they were just lacking confidence. They got punched in the mouth to start the second half, and that was kind of it. Yeah, it was it was a rough second half. Um, like Will's pointing out right now, Jaden Daniels did look sharp tonight. The, a lot of the drops were not on him. They were on the receivers. They were really well-placed balls. Um, they just couldn't bring him in, but we're not – going to trash them right now we will focus on the fact that Jaden Daniels did have an all-around pretty decent performance tonight himself um in terms of his comfortability back there yeah he did get sacked a couple times but we saw him looking to run the ball he was still looking to be aggressive and make plays any way that he could so you know it was nice to see that he continued to play his game and not look rattled despite the fact that the offensive line was still struggling to get things going you know Jaden was going to try to get the job done either way no matter what yeah, I, I think what really kills this team offensively is, I mean, you have really, really, really good talent um, at, at multiple positions. Um, obviously, Jaden at quarterback and Rashad White at running back. And they they bail you out a lot of the time um, when, when they need it. I mean, there was a couple times uh, Rashad White in the first half uh, after a holding call would would get, catch a screen pass or a swing and, and just go pick up like 15 mm-hmm. and it. And that's one thing that the, that the devil's, I, I don't think they're getting comfortable with it, but it's becoming such a regular thing because when this offense is working well, uh, Jaden Daniels is sharing the sugar. He's throwing it to, I mean, that, that, that those are Jaden's yeah. best games is when like the, the receiving stat line in the box score is like five for 50, four for 60, like yep. three for eight, like six, 60. Like everybody has like big gains and like five or six catches. Uh, but it, it, it just felt like they were relying on their key guys more than I, and that's not what this team is built around and that's not what it's built for. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that really just hurts, really hurts when that, when that's not going well. I think it does. And I think that the, the noise factor too played a, a big, uh, yeah. it, it, it was big it in what they were able to do because it caused a lot of, yeah, it caused a lot of false starts and stuff, but, um, you know, some other things that I thought were good, um, we talked about the LV Bunkley Shelton catch, uh, the Curtis Hodges catch. Um, Conyers looked great. Daniels looked yeah, good. Con- uh, Conyers was da- everywhere. Darian Butler looked great tonight. Um, oh, I-, I feel like yeah. Anthony Cooper played a very aggressive game, and mm-hmm. I don't want to, um, I don't want to come after him for the penalties that he got because he is a young kid who's out there just trying to make plays with the next man up mentality. And I feel like some of those penalties were kind of questionable. Um, to call against him, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I think he still played a good game. I think he went out there and put his all out there tonight with what he could do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you see players like him, Darian Butler, who were just trying and getting all over the field. And it's, it's hard because then I saw, and I hate to say this, but I saw Merlin Robertson blow quite a few plays tonight. Yeah, Merlin Robertson's getting exposed because they're dropping him back into coverage more, which I don't think that's that's where he should be. Um, he's not he's not built for that. Uh, he he uh, and, and there, I mean, there's just a couple things, and, and a lot of that's scheming. Uh, yeah, Kawan Markham did play amazing. That interception was great. It was an errant throw. Mm-hmm. It was a bad decision to do that with him lurking as a safety behind. But the break on the ball and um, just the play on the ball in general was fantastic. He's a bright spot. I mean, there's so many bright spots on this defense. Uh, and, and a lot of people are just get, are getting their shot right now um, because they, 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 it's such a rotational defense. I mean, you can sub guys in and out uh, where mm-hmm. you usually don't lose a step. Um, and that's kind of what it goes for for this whole um, ASU team. But, but yeah. that's, why, that's why you can't rely on one guy. That's why Jaden Daniels can't dig you out of a hole every single possession. No, he can't. And, and 
he doesn't intend to always do that. Um, I think sometimes he gets a little caught up with thinking he is the only person that's available. And then um, we've seen him grow a little bit more, though, where he's been able to calm down and take some time to wait and try to find a receiver or set up a play or get a runoff or something uh, rather than just rush to something or try to make the play himself. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robertson is definitely more of like an outside linebacker guy. That's why I get confused. I think it's just a, it's just a probably like a stunt thing when they're blitzing, where he gets caught up in man coverage, and or he's playing a flat, and there's nobody on that side because of play calling on the offensive end, and that's probably why he's getting. Uh, and that might have been the plan of attack for Utah, um, is to attack these uh, these linebackers. I mean, you saw them try to do that with Darian Butler, and Darian mm-hmm. Butler picked him off because Darian Butler is inhumane he's or inhuman he's not inhumane he's inhuman <laughs> um he that man is a reptilian on the field he's incredible i'm so obsessed with how Darian butler plays football he hits so he's hard. amazing he's, he just he can do anything he can do anything he's a utility guy he's great um but I feel like we're giving, I, yeah i feel like we're giving them too much credit so let's stop with the good let's go back to the bad well no um, i was gonna say it's kind of frustrating because we also saw quite a few other defensive guys get up there and get good pressure on rising but not be able to bring him down and they were so close but he was able to just scurry out of the way you know and it was frustrating because they could have sacked him for a loss or tackled him for a loss of at least five yards or more on like three different occasions and he was able to get ahead and gain at least six yards instead uh from the line of scrimmage so it's one of those things where it's frustrating to watch because they saw the play unfold and they were going for it, but it was just a little bit too far ahead of what where they were at and their muscle movements to get there. So, yeah, well, you're, 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 we're getting a taste of our own medicine as ASU football fan watchers because yep. that's what everybody feels like with Jaden Daniels. It's hard to get a read on him. And Cam Rising is deceptively fast. I mean, that man can skirt out of the pocket. Um, and yeah, he, he, he made some, some uh, pass rushers look like fools tonight um, in some pretty, pretty big uh, plays on third and longs or even first downs where um, start the drives uh, gets out of the pocket, picks up nine and that just kind of sets the tone. It's super deflating. Um, there, there was that one. And I believe the third quarter uh, where it was third and nine and he scurried out of the pocket and picked up 11. It was just like, Oh, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Um, and there were so many that, yeah, I'm yeah, Jacob, I'm so fast. I don't know if you know this, Brittany, but <laughs> I'm so quick. Like, I don't know if you believe me or not, but, you play basketball. I'm not surprised. Oh no, but like I'm faster than like probably anybody in Arizona. Um, um, I am not fast, but I am freakishly strong for a girl. I'm 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 six foot four and run a, a four one two. Uh, I can't on, tell you what I run because you I won't ever even try it because I don't like to because that <laughs> means I have to do something and I'm my heart rate's gonna more. just drop. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's, let's get into some closing stuff. Let's talk about the bad. Um, uh, okay. We did not touch on this yet. Can we please discuss why Zendejas was not the person who went in for that field goal attempt that ended up getting batted. It came off his foot low, but then it got, it got, it got, uh, it got tipped and it was just one of the most embarrassing field goal attempts. Like what was that? And why was Zendejas not the kicker at that point? Uh, I think it's a range thing. Um, I think that uh, Zendejas is more of their extra point, closer. Uh, and I think that um, when they bring in other people like that, it's usually because of distance. And that was a far, that was a far field goal. I, I don't know about attempting that in general. I think just move on and play a field possession game. Um, but yeah. well, especially with the defense playing as well as they are. I mean, Kapinski's a great punter, but you don't need to necessarily pin them super, super deep 
or, or, or have it go out. I mean, just get it to go high or have it take a bounce and try to pin them by the end zone somewhere within the five and, and go from there and just count on your defense to try to get a safety or force mm-hmm. a stop and force them to try to punch it back, you know? So I get it. I get it either way. But if they were going to kick it, um, I, I know Zendejas has range. Um, yeah, I would have does. thought that they would have put him in over yeah. this kicker. Yeah. So I, I really was so I, – I, I just looked at it, and all I could say was just, oh, my God. As soon as it came off his foot, it was just, oh, oh, oh. Logan Tyler, <laughs> 5'11", senior from Missouri. That's who the, the kicker that they brought in was. Yeah, I, I, I was just saying, I know Zendejas can kick it from, from very far. But uh, th- that's usually what it is uh, when college kicker or when they have two kickers on the college roster. Yeah, it's usually because of distance, and maybe Zendayos wasn't comfortable with doing it. I, there's a lot of factors. I don't know, um, but nonetheless, it was a very costly mistake. I mean, they get, yeah, ASU takes a three point lead, and maybe you're looking at a whole completely different game. Um, but yeah. Man, you just feel like you're saying that about everything tonight. Uh, Every bad play that you can remember, it's like that was the turning point. No, this was the turning point. I mean, they all were. A lot of the things that are that I'm bitching about are um, are are things that they should have capitalized on. um, Well, the difference with what you're bringing up uh, with that field goal too is not only would it have given them a three point lead, but also instead of turning the ball over right then and there where they were at from where they kicked the field goal and missed, you also would have had a chance to kick off and either pin them in the end zone back at the 25. If he decides to bring it out, stop them wherever they're at, but you still would have had uh, Utah further back down the field and they would have had more work to do to drive the ball back to the end zone to score again. So, I mean, you're not wrong. Not only is it something where it's like, Oh, well you don't necessarily know, but it would have set up a completely different field position on the next possession as yeah, well I mean, so that could have been a huge game they're gifted, changer they're gifted great field position with that miss um another thing that i was really disappointed with tonight i mean there was some guys missing um and hobbled people and dj davidson i mean that hurts but mm-hmm. th- there was just no pressure um and if there was pressure a lot of it came from the middle um and there wasn't a lot of contain uh, so that really hurt not getting pressure on Cameron Ryan yeah. because obviously we've touched on how much he was able to do on the oh, ground. Oh, he was rolling all over the place and, tonight. And that, and that doesn't happen if if they get pressure. Uh, may, maybe he gets flushed out, but but the, the damage comes when he has three seconds to look in the pocket, go over his reads, and then take off uh, outside of a tackle uh, because then everybody's already downfield. Um, so that really that really hurts when you can't get pressure at this level. If you're not getting pressure uh, deep into Pac-12 play, uh, it's it's hard to win games. And I think that's why they they uh, played DTR and UCLA really well is because they were able to get some pressure. And oh, they and, brought the pressure all and, night, and they yeah. completely threw off his game. And, and in the second half, they they switched from uh, less stunts and more contain, um, and that's kind of what was missing tonight. I don't know if that was the game plan because obviously in the second half um, they were able to run the ball with the running backs and not mainly rising. And that's not what was hurting them in the second half, but it was just a thing to note. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jacob, they were just not making stops anywhere on the field. Uh, they were, I mean, Utah was really having their way with Arizona state in the second half, just getting bullied. Um, it's one of those things. They're going to have to go back, get back to work. Uh, benefit for them is they do have a bye week this week. So, you know, get back to work. Start planning. You have a 
big game against Washington State that are going to have a lot of eyes on you. And Washington State can is another get a one of those. Game? Can we get a fucking day game, please? For homecoming, and it's homecoming, so you know there is a possibility it that be. it could be. It There's be. a possibility it, it could be. So I just can't. I can't keep doing this to myself, man. I go you out on it. Friday nights, and then on Saturday nights, I'm just like, I want to go to bed. And uh, uh, but this, this, this yeah. right here, this <laughs> comment right here, too much soft sell. I'm gonna get a shirt that says "fuck soft sell" and "fuck three high shells." Fuck any scheme that um, pushes the um, that that lets the offense pick up five yards on a on a curl route. I I can't deal with that. It is so frustrating as a fan, and I know it's been working. Trust me, I know it's been working. That bend don't break. I know it's been working. But yes, the third and short, the attention to detail on what yardage is. I just I cannot fucking do it. I can't. It, do it has been very annoying. Um, but yeah, I want to. I, I want to get a shirt that just says "fuck soft sell." I got a shirt that says "fun guy" right now, though. I'm kind of a fun guy right now. Um, I'm rocking a throwback college shirt. R.I.P. Oh, I don't even know what hair side my hair is on, but you know, college, my favorite, the old place. Yes, we will see you at the tailgate. Uh, if you yeah. guys don't know what he's referring to, um, tomorrow morning, uh, NFL Sunday. It's just a football show in general, but we talk mostly about NFL Sunday here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Um, me, Johnny Venerable, and Saul Bookman. Um, go live at 9 a.m. every Sunday um, to give you some insight into what's going on in the football world in general, not just NFL, but also college. We also give you some picks from that lovely DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, and we just have some fun. We, uh, we we usually start the show off with a shot of uh, of whiskey and um, just get kind of egregious, as Johnny Venerable would love to say. I'd buy that shirt. Good. I'm glad you would. Um, what about a shirt with just like my face on it? Would you buy that? Your mom would. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that, might, that might be the only person, though. I don't know. I don't, like, look at this. I mean, look at this. Maybe mm. maybe just a shirt with, like, my eyes and the staff. Okay, never mind. Um, anything else before we get out of here, Britt, that you want to address? Uh, no, you guys can head on over to gophnx.com sometime tomorrow morning because I will be getting to, uh, to work on my post-game story right now as soon as we get done getting that submitted and up, but most of you guys will probably be asleep by the time that's done. So head on over there tomorrow morning, check it out. Um, drop us some comments. Let us know what you think. Become a member. If you sign up, you get a free shirt. Uh, you can get the ASU shirt and yeah, yeah, you get access to all of our, all of our stuff on our website, our members only discord channel. It's great. So make sure you become a member. Yeah. Um, the, I got six shirts in the mail right now. Um, I'm really excited to rock the ASU shirt. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll rock it in like a, like a drunken rage of sadness. Um, if they lose another game like this, um, and, uh, go torment some people in old town. Um, but the merch is fantastic. Uh, there's a deal right now. I believe it's the Cardinals merch this week. You can buy one and get one 50% off at phnxlocker.com. Some good content. If you're a member, um, you can also get access to our members-only Discord. Hang out and chill with us behind the scenes. Um, I was going to say it was fun, but it really wasn't that fun. I like talking to you guys. Um, yeah, this part's not bad because it's almost like... Okay, so this is a therapy session. I put <laughs> it out like that on Twitter because it is a therapy session. Everyone gets to come and talk like... Get their feelings out. If you are a fan and you have something you'd like to hear other people vent about, you can drop a comment like that. Like, being a member is the best. How we totally agree with that. Like Jacob said. And, you know, yeah. So it's just a venting session. It's a great chance for us to all come together and bond. Will, the story's coming along. Um, that's the other thing I got to work on and finish tomorrow. Um, there's a lot. 
a lot, a lot that's going to be going up on that GoPHNX site in the next couple of days. I just muted you. Your mic was going crazy. Unplug it. Unplug it. Plug it back in. I will outro us out um, before um, we get out. I'll let Britt come back in after she gets her mic fixed. But um, yeah, head over to our Twitters. You can follow me at Shane D. If you can follow Britt at bboyer07. Let's see if she's good now. Hello? What I do? Uh, still, still buggy. Um, well, Britt, sign off for now. Um, we will see you guys. Uh, I believe we'll be live on Monday at 3.30. Um, you can catch us here on the YouTube channel, um, or you can just, uh, the, we go live on Twitter as well at our Twitter at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow Jacob on Twitter, but I don't recommend it. He's kind of a weird guy. Um, so yeah, appreciate you guys. And we will see you, um, Monday, uh, or you can see me tomorrow on the tailgate show at 9am. Peace. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.